So in today's lesson, we will be exploring uh, Christian books and discipling, and it will be broken down into six parts. The first being reasons for why we should use Christian books and discipling. The second being how we should read Christian books. Third being how to choose a Christian book. Uh, the fourth will have a sam- uh, reading other materials besides Christian books. And the fifth will be samples of Christian books, while the sixth will be suggestions on how to get started with Christian books. So for the first lesson, <clears throat> we'll be looking at reasons why we should use the Christian books. Books. Some of us may wonder why we would need any other book besides the Bible, because isn't the Bible sufficient in itself, you would say? But <clears throat> we, we know that's, That is true, but there are other reasons why we should read Christian books. One of the first reasons being that we are able to have a discussion with one another, as well as the author. When you read the Christian book, you're engaging with the author as if he was present in the moment, and you're constantly like listening and learning from him as well. (laughs) And secondly, it's to... Understand that uh, Christianity did not begin with us. It has a history behind it. So it began with the churches in Acts, as George explained in the past, and then proceeded on outwards to Europe and continues to today to proceed on to the end of the earth. Uh, God has been working at among his people for about 2,000 years, teaching and training uh, people in his word and understand it so there is a wealth of knowledge in wisdom and in the books from the past that we would do to read and consider we would be extremely prideful if we were to disregard this fact that we can discover truths ourselves as opposed to the church who the previous church fathers that discovered truths for us of course it is the greatest uh, christian authors that are not inspired or authoritative like the bible but what benefit is is that to be able to read their thoughts and god's word and through the holy spirit which the holy spirit has taught them so thirdly why else you want to read christian books is when you have a limited amount of time so when you have a limited amount of time to prepare for a very um general topic uh it could be very, it would take an enormous amount of time for yourself to prepare for the material yourself. So that's why, praise God, that there's Christian authors who already prepared these materials beforehand, which we could use the materials in discipling others. And so in that sense, we, when we're reading Christian books, we're, it's like someone interjecting or injecting the content into our relationships so any questions on reasons why we should use a christian book i said uh any questions on reasons why we should use a christian book okay so the second portion is how we should use christian books we want to read a christian book with a pencil in hands and don't be afraid to mark it up. 
So the best way to remember certain passages of the book is to mark them up. Engage with the author. Have discussions or arguments about particular parts of the book. It will help you understand the material much better. Marking the book will also facilitate your discussions with your disciple or friends. You will more easily be able to find a passage that you remember. It is far too often that we try to find the passage by flipping through the book for about 10 minutes rather than putting a simple check mark on the book and flipping to the page, which saves us an enormous amount of time in discussing about the topic with another person. The other point is to read a book in two different ways. First, read it to yourself and see how the ideas affect you and shape your mental paradigm. While, and then most of the time, the places of the books will also affect your disciple. So when you read, look for specific <clears throat> points of conversations for you and the disciple and mark those places and make it a point to talk to the disciple about them. And so the third point, well, we want to look into is to ask good questions. So we never want to ask yes or no questions like, does the author think Jesus is God? Or has the author convinced you that Jesus is Lord over your life? Or did you enjoy the chapter? Nothing kills a conversation if you ask so quickly. <clears throat> I mean, it kills a question conversation so quickly so that's why you need to ask something like why doesn't it matter that the author thinks that jesus is god or why is it important to what he's saying other good questions are how does this idea change the way we think about god or what faulty presuppositions does this idea act to shatter also we don't want <clears throat> to ask what does the author say? Because this is not a book review. Or is it a test to check your comprehension? But it's a task to apply the books to a person's life and their thinking and their heart. <clears throat> One of uh, my personal examples I like in um, John Piper's book, The 21 Servants of Sovereign Joy. Uh, he says, <clears throat> sorry. More and more, and, and I am persuaded from Scripture and from the history of missions that God's design for the evangelization of the world and missionaries, to put it more plainly and specifically, God designs that the suffering of his ambassadors is one essential means in the triumphant spread of the good news among all the peoples of the world. And so... As an example, again, to see how what questions I came up with, one of them would be, how might this idea change the way we think about missions? Another question would be, how does it change the way we think about evangelizing? Or thirdly, how would the idea serve to shatter a man-centered view of evangelizing? So what I want to do now is if we could break up into groups of like two or three, I have some like passages and then you guys could uh, formulate some questions with one another and we'll reconvene in like five minutes.
um, and then like talk about, share about like the passages and the questions. Um, all right, let's start with Henry, and we'll go clockwise. Okay. Uh, well, we have a passage. Uh, uh, I guess a statement or a paragraph uh, from a uh, book called uh, "Servant of Sovereign Joy." Yeah. And uh, the statement basically said uh, that um, uh, voluntary suffering and death to save others is not only the, uh, uh, the content, but it's also the method of our mission. And, um, and so it, it, it go, the statement continues to say that to proclaim the, the good news of what God accomplished, we join him in the Calvary method. And when we embrace his suffering for us and we spread the gospel by our suffering with him, in other words, when we suffer with him in the cause of mission, we display the way Christ loved the world and our own suffering and his death, and our suffering extended his to his to the world. So by reading this this paragraph, uh, one question that uh, if it's, if I'm to discipling discipling a uh, a, a Christian, mm -hmm. I might ask, you know, uh, what truth in the Bible does you know does this uh, statement reflect? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe referencing to uh, you know. Uh, uh, that would be uh, my, my first thought like, yeah, to, yeah. You, know, uh, this, you know, talking with a Christian. And uh, I thought of um, uh, Matthew 16, you know, where, where Jesus, you know, uh, uh, you know asking his, his, his disciples, you know, that you have to, you know, you have to deny yourself and carry the cross. Yeah. Okay, and this is basically, you know, what the statement is, is uh, reflecting, basically, if you are to follow Christ, uh, who suffer on the cross, uh, uh, we have to do the same. Mm -hmm. deny ourselves and you know and to do the same as Christ to follow him yeah, yeah. okay so so the, the challenge is to you know to, to, to ask what truth a Bible you know that, that uh, or what scripture in the Bible mm -hmm. that, 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 that would support this statement yeah yeah thanks thanks Henry and Jim uh, I got out of this was that we seek comfort in our life mm -hmm. following Jesus is not going to be comfortable and we should be willing to accept that Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, those are good points for sure. Um, just due to limited time, I just want to like continue on. But um, so yeah, Justin, do you and Constance, do you? Sure. So the passage uh, we read there was a excerpt with um, John Piper. Yeah, um, it's all by John Piper. So yeah, everyone's well, basically the it was talking about. Um, how we address and how we how our um, heart, heart state is when it comes to uh, tackling controversy mm -hmm. um, when speaking with uh, with someone who's either not, not of the faith or uh, or just there's some controversy about uh, you know some some part of scripture and the uh, it was a bit of a um, bit of a warning basically saying you know be careful that uh, your your sense of um, your sense of uh, victory is not in, 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 you know, basically, uh, you know, proving someone else wrong, but to to uh, bring someone else into the understanding and joy of uh, nature of who God is. Mm -hmm. um, and it's you know, the question that we ask ourselves, rather than maybe rather than asking someone else, it's more a question we ask ourselves. You know, where where are we? Um, when when we are addressing controversy about. Um, when it comes to uh, theology, um, you know, where is our heart at? Where, is it, it? Are we uh, are we enjoying the controversy just for the sake of you know being 
quote unquote victorious over over someone else's argument, or are we enjoying it because um, we're uh, sharing the sharing the nature and, and the glory of who God is and mm -hmm. pointing to Him? Um, and that's that's where is that where our joy is at? So. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Uh, George, uh, what about you? John Lee, you there spoken? The passage um, we read by John Piper um, was talking about um, uh, someone who was working, doing a lot of orphan work, um, and he would send a lot of reports, reports out to, with his prayers, um, all over the world to, um, to basically show that um, God's prayers um, have been answered and he's been able, been grateful to do this orphan work. Um, one of the points that I got out of it was that um, it kind of shows the power of prayer, where it's not just affecting the one who's making the prayer or the one who's the target of the prayer. Mm -hmm. It's not that it affects everyone that listens in and they're touched by the prayer um, when, when it's answered by God. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, what would be, like, for example, like, question that you would... Like, uh, personal, yeah, introspective or... Application question. Ask, you ask yourself based on that. Yeah. Think maybe when you're when you're looking to when you're looking to make a prayer request or pray for someone, um, maybe you should ask yourself whether it would be beneficial to share that with others mm. um, and basically show God's prayer and power of prayer to everyone else. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's good. Um, Donna and Tina, what about? So our passage um, was about controversy in defending life-giving truth, um, but maybe Justin yeah. and I had the same passage, but basically we should not be rejoicing in um, the controversy, but rejoicing in loving and proclaiming Christ for who he really is. Um, and so some of the questions we came up with or what are some things in your life that you feel oppose the gospel? And uh, what are some things that are controversial that cause division in the church? Mm. Um, examples, you know, from the personal life of the reader where they have, they felt that they were in a position where they had to defend against controversy or, you know, defend against things that were causing division. And what was that experience like? Mm. Yeah. And then, uh, based on experience, based on examples of the matter in this book, um, how is God calling you to grow in your defense of the truth? Mm. So. No, those are great questions, everyone. Um, so yeah, now we see how we should read a book by formulating these uh, applicational questions, and so now we'll move on to the third part of. Um, this topic is to choosing Christian books. So there are essentially two kinds of Christian books, one of them being doctrinal, uh, the other one being devotional. So doctrinal books deal with uh, Christian teaching, while they could be systematic and didactic, trying to teach the truths of the Christian faith, while devotional books seek to take truth that we already know and apply it to our lives. And so now that most of the books fall somewhere along the middle of, of the continuum, and very few of the books will contain only doctrine or only devotional. Uh, so most 
will contain some or both or various mixtures. And the book that you choose will depend on the interests of your disciple. Young Christians often will benefit from a book that seeks to teach them the deeper truths of the Christian faith, while older Christians may need to have the truths they already know and <clears throat> uh, draw it into their everyday consciousness. So be wise in choosing a book for the disciple and don't cater entirely to their interests in apologetics, for example, or but they that person would be more beneficial if they were to receive learning from God's sovereignty and thinking about the meaning of Christ's death in our life more. In general, these books you should choose take into accounts both need of the disciple and interests of the disciple. So be careful not to choose books based solely on the title. Many Christians fall into this trap. I remember one time when I was at Shepherd's Conference, I would just choose books based on the title because of how engaging the title was, as opposed to actually knowing who the author is and understanding the author. And so, yes, it'll be interesting to read, but you need to figure out uh, the author's backgrounds and how they are like. And so if you... After that, you would move outwards from there. At Cross Life, we put together a bookstore that um, has been like thoroughly researched on with George and Henry on uh, the books that we could use that would benefit in our lives. So then the fourth topic would be to use other resources that are um, other than books. This helps us shape our understand the difference between a Christian worldview and a secular worldview. New, secular news and magazines and editorials are very good to allow the disciples to identify and recognize these different point of views. And I just wanted to open up to, to the floor, like, does anybody have any personal examples where they uh, read a secular news and how they saw it diff- vastly different from like uh, the Christian worldview. Like one thing I could share is um, I was listening to uh, the radio Christian Outlook, um, and they were sharing how like they're starting to legalize like abortion pills. Uh, so you could see how the world thinks abortion is fine, while we, of course, it's you know, a matter of someone's life that we're taking into our own hands. So personal examples like that we could see. Um, And so, yeah, like if anybody else has anything else to share, um, else we could continue moving on. So You read an article this morning about, um, you know, Prince Harry, you know how he's been in the news, he's been talking about how he's been unjustly treated by everybody's family and the media. So I read an article about um, a, a reporter in England, and he's like responding and saying, is this true? Has, has the media truly attacked him or not? Mm-hmm. And he says, like, he says, no, we, we haven't been as unfair as he says we are. But he, he was talking about just how, uh, 
you know, he empathizes with Harry because uh, when his mother died, there was that paparazzi who was being chased mm. by the paparazzi. And so that has, like, so affected him wow. that he just hates the media because really? he had this emotional experience. But it's his argument was it's just not, it's just not reality. Mm. You know, like, uh, the press hasn't attacked Megan and his wife. They, yeah. they were very fair with her. And he just kind of, so there was an overreaction. And I thought that was, um, you know... You know, I think it was it was interesting. I think that was maybe not a there was a the article kind of uh, agreed with maybe a Christian perspective. Yeah. I know the Gospel Coalition wrote an article recently about Harry and he was just saying their argument was that a lot of it's just gossip and slander. Mm. It's just, you know, you're you're sharing family things that shouldn't be shared. So it's yeah. just public gossip gossip and slander and uh, you should stay away from that. Don't listen to it. Yeah. And it's a little different. You know, this is, the criticism is more of, that they actually, get, they don't see it as gossip, as slander, but they just see it that it's just, it's not factual. It's mm. not, it doesn't comport with reality. So I thought that was, you know, kind of interesting to see. <laughs> yeah, how like a Someone's second private life. life being so publicized. Mm. Uh, yeah. And different takes on that. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks, George, for sharing. That was really interesting. Um, I might want to take a look at the article. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's well, the substack? So they, they, they only give you, give you half the article. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't read the whole thing unless you subscribe. True. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I'll share with you guys uh, some sample books near the end due to the limited amount of time, but... Uh, I'll share the last section is we should, some suggestions on how we should get started. So one of the first suggestion would be, be brave and look for opportunities. You'd be mistaken if you think that discipling is only for extroverts. We've made the contention over and over again that discipling is a requirement for every believer whether you are being discipled or discipling others or doing both. And in which case, you would need to pray and proactively look for opportunities if you are not already doing so. Start by praying in the directory and asking the Lord to provide someone who you could meet up with. And then look around your own life and pray about the people that you interact with at church or in small groups. Look for possibilities in members' meetings <clears throat> with the new, new members and deliberately flash a picture plus a contact information in order to encourage other members to reach out and start discipling others. If none of these things help, ask an elder for advice. And if you are going to be a better discipler, then the next step is simply to take initiative. <clears throat> the second... Um, suggestion would be to be brave and be willing to make a suggestion. So let's be frank, approaching anyone about any sorts of deliberate relationship can be intimidating. No one likes to be turned down or rejected. This is true in most any relationships. It is true regarding discipleship. Inviting someone to read a book or to meet regularly for any purpose 
may be painful, but it's worth it. It is worth it in terms of the good it would do for them, and it is worth it for the terms that it would do, good terms that it would do for you. So be brave and be willing to raise the possibilities with your friends. Any discouragement you might feel if it doesn't work out is a small comparison compared to the potential joy of being a spiritual catalyst for your friends and their eternity. And the third suggestion would be to ask for input if you wish, but be willing to make suggestions to your friends. When it comes to selecting a good book, read it. Reading it may be best to have one already in mind. Sorry. When it comes to selecting a good book, you need to have one in mind. You can say, I have been thinking of reading through Knowing God by J.I. Packer or reading through it again and wonder if you'd be interested in reading it together. Often young believers may not want to read the kinds of Christian books that may do them the most good. You certainly aren't always sure to know what's best, but if you are more spiritually mature, you are probably in a better position than they are to make a good yes. Remember your own, lastly, remember your own encouragements and want for others. One of the best ways to encourage yourself is to read through a book with someone and to think about the good that you have experienced through biblical teaching, either from the person or the book. And don't be like a man who would hoard all good things without sharing with others. Consider sharing with others an encouragement to them that you have received both from good Christian books and the encouragement of conversations with other believers. So that concludes my lesson.